Thanks, Daniel. My name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here, and again, welcome to each and every one of you. We are in week three of our Maximum Impact campaign, and I was thinking that we're kind of getting to that place where some of you are starting to say, okay, I've, I've heard a lot about this. The good news is next week is like the fourth week, the last week, and then we have celebration after that. So we want to get you sick of it, and then you can give us money, and then we can go on with other stuff. No, that's only kind of true. So uh, we started off talking about, you know, how, how in this, what we want to do with, as a church, really, our vision is to make a maximum impact for the kingdom of God. And, and in this sermon series, we started off by saying, you know, what is God doing? And we looked at the big picture. We said, God is making all things new. He's, he's, he's going to take all of creation, not just people, but everything that's broken and all the systems and all the, all the mountains and everything that doesn't work right. God is going to make all of that new. He's going to restore all things. He's going to recreate all things. And then last week we talked about he does that primarily through his people. He does that primarily through us and through his church, and, and, and he does that together. And so we've kind of narrowed it down, and now I want to narrow it down and, and talk very specifically about how God comes to each one of us. At different points in our lives, if we belong to him, he comes to us and he taps us on the shoulder and says, I need you to step up. I need you to step up. And we have to think about how do we respond to that. In order to get us thinking about that, I want to tell you a story about uh, back when I was a, a junior in high school. Uh, believe it or not, I was on the basketball team, and we had a great year. We had so much fun. Made it all the way to the state finals that year, had some really good players, and we just had a... It, we got along well. It was just a great season, all right? And... Uh, <laughs> I had a very important role. There were several of us who had the same role as I. There were three of us who kind of... Our, our job was to protect the end of the bench and to make sure that nobody took those chairs that were there. And, and so kind of we sat down on this end and, you know... The, the, and, 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 you know, on the one hand, you can say, well, that's, you know, you didn't get in the game very much, but it was a lot easier. <laughs> you know, there's no pressure in that situation. For me, the most nerve-wracking part was like warm-ups. I just didn't want to fall or anything, right? And, and so I kind of sat on the end of the bench and Coach Tom Dykema, who's a member here, Coach, you know, I, we didn't ever talk about it, but I, we kind of had an agreement, okay, that, that those of us on the end of the bench, we'd, we'd practice hard. But when it came to games, if it mattered, we didn't go in, okay? It came to, we could be ahead by 20, we could be behind by 20, but none of this when it mattered kind of stuff, all right? That was not our gig. We had better players to do that. And, and, and it made it easier. Like I said, it took all the pressure off and so on. But there was one game uh, at the beginning of the season, I don't know, maybe, you know, halfway through or something, but one, one game that I will never forget. Um, we were playing Rogers High School, now Wyoming High School. Uh, we were playing Rogers, and they were state-ranked. We were state-ranked. Both teams were really good. This was a, a clash, you know, and, and, and it was kind of, they didn't call it the game of the week, but it was the game of the week, and the television stations were there, and the stands are packed, and the newspapers are there. And I mean, this was a big high school game, right? So, so everything is there, and again, I made it through warm-ups, didn't fall down or anything, and I was kind of thinking, okay, good, my part's done. You know, this should be a close game, and Unfortunately, it was one of those nights where they played great and we didn't. They just had it and we didn't. And it was obvious from the beginning. And at, uh, towards the end of the first quarter, um, Coach was understandably frustrated. And at one point, he stood up and he walked down to the end of the court. And he sat there for a couple of minutes just watching and something else bad happened. And he came back and he did something he never did before or again. He sat next to me. And I wanted to just say, no, you're, coach, you're on the wrong end here. And, and, and then I had this horrible thought, and I can remember this. I still get chills thinking about it. I thought, what if he's so out of his mind that he hits me and says, get in the game? 
Because I was ready to just hit him back and say, that's not our deal, buddy. You go down to the other end. You put somebody else in. Because there is a full house here. And I don't play in front of this many people, okay? And I just thought, oh, my goodness, I don't want to get in the game. Now, fortunately, his, he got his head back, and he went to his right seat and sat down there. And I think I got in at the end because it wasn't close enough. But anyway, that, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, as odd as it sounds, sometimes we'd rather sit on the bench, it's, it's right. I mean, sometimes I, I think we'd, we'd rather sit on the bench. There's not as much pressure there. And, and think about this, not just in sports, but think about it at work. Think about it as a parent. Think about it in your neighborhoods. You know, there are some times when, you know, it's like kids are acting up. Don't you want to just sit on the bench and say, you go into a game and you deal with this? Sometimes if there's, if there's pressure at work, and I mean, imagine that you're somebody who's not in a really key position, and the boss comes up to you and says, you know what, we got, we got a, a key challenge we're facing. We have one sale. If we make it, the company survives. If we don't, then, then we don't, and I want you to go make that call. Isn't there a party that's going to say, coach, that ain't me. Boss, that ain't me. I don't want to do that. There's, there, it's, it's much less pressure. There aren't as many demands. Um, people used to ask, you know, Ron, is it, you feel silly going in with 30 seconds left? And I said, you know, the, the, the worst thing about going in with 30 seconds left is then you have to decide whether you take a shower or not, you know? It's kind of, is that a place where you could get out of there without, you know, and try not to sweat during warm-ups and then I don't take a shower and get on with other stuff. But when you're in a game, you, 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 you don't have as much control, right? There's more demands. You, you sweat. You, 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 it's just so different. And, and, and so sometimes we'd rather sit on the bench. It's safer. It's, it's more comfortable. And, and like I say, this happens at work. This happens in, in games. This happens, let's face it, at church when Jesus Christ calls us. That there are times when Jesus Christ taps us on the shoulder and says, I need you to do something for me. I need you to teach Sunday school. I need you to lead a small group. I need you to talk to that person at work. I need you to make a meal for somebody. I need you to give to this project. I need you to give this way at church. I need you to do something. God taps us on the shoulder. And there are times when we'd say, God, I'd rather just sit on the bench. God, I like my space. I'm part of the team. I, I know I'm a Christian, but I like my place on the bench here. It's just a lot more comfortable and, and so what I really want to say, just one thing to you this morning, and, and it's this, that, that being on the bench is not God's plan for us. God doesn't save people just to put us on the bench. God doesn't, doesn't bring us new life and forgive us just so that we can put on a, be put on a shelf someplace. But when God saves us, when God gives us new life, He does that so that we can be in the game, so that we can be a part of what God is doing. As I said earlier, God is making all things new. God is using us, his people, his church to do his work. And sometimes God just taps us on the shoulders and says, I need you to step up. And the question is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Bible is full of stories of this happening and of people responding in different ways. And again, Bible's very honest about this. My favorite one is, is from Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, the call of Moses. All right, let me set this up for you. Moses uh, has been in, the people of Israel have been slaves in Egypt for 320 years or so. They've been slaves in Egypt. Moses is born. uh, All the babies are supposed to be killed. He's not. He's actually raised in Pharaoh's home um, and has the best education and so on. When he's 40 years old, he kills an Egyptian and then has to run, okay? He has to take off. He goes out in the desert, and he spends 40 years there. So now, think about that. Moses is 80 years old, okay? Moses is not a young guy. He's 80 years old, and he sees a burning bush, and God speaks to him, and God says this. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. 
I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God says, Moses, I'm going to rescue the people. I'm going to make something new. I am going to redeem my people. I'm going to bring them to the promised land. And if you just stop right there, I mean, put yourself in Moses', Moses shoes and, and just stop and hit that. You know, his thought is just, this is awesome, God. I can't wait. This is fantastic. In fact, it's really cool because when they come past here on the way to the promised land, I'll just join them. I'm, I'm halfway home, so this will be cool. God, I can't wait to watch you work. God, I'm so excited. You know, I, I, I've been out here in the desert, and I'm just so excited about what you're going to do. But God doesn't just stop there. God says the words that change Moses' life. Verse 10, so now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And I think Moses wanted to say, Time out. Time out. <laughs> I love the plan. I don't like this part of it. I love the goal. I, I want to be in that place. I want to be a part of that. I want all things to be made new. I want to do But excuse me, uh, you want me to go? Hello, I'm 80 years old. I'm wanted for murder. Uh, it, this is, did I mention this is a suicide mission? Pharaoh's not like going to be really happy about this. And, and Moses just says to God, I mean, he, he says it. He says, you know what? I, I want to stay on the bench. I, I'm not getting in the game. I, this is what verse 11 says. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Just like I wanted to say to Tom, who am I that I, yeah, no. You got the wrong guy here. And he goes on for a chapter and a half making excuses about why he can't do this. He says, first, you know, Pharaoh won't listen to me. God says, let me show you how Pharaoh will. And then he says, the people of Israel won't listen to me. It's been 40 years since I've met any of them, and I ran away, and they knew, I, I mean, I was never, I mean, they're not going to listen to me. I, I, and then the last one, I'm not a good speaker. I, I just, you got the wrong person. You tapped on the wrong shoulder. And this is just, this is the common answer when God taps us on the shoulder. So if you feel like you want to say, not me, God, then you're right in line with all of God's people. Because that is consistently what is said. And Moses ends in in 4.13 with these words. But Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. I mean, that's his final offer. Here I am, Lord, send somebody else. Here I am, Lord, I can't do this. I can't go in the game. And I just want you to stop and join me in thinking about something. How often have I said that to God? How often have you said that to God? How often have I known God is calling me to do something, all right? God is calling me to do And, and let me just say, there are times when God, we do take breaks, okay? God rests a Sabbath day, a, a rest, a time of rest, a season, that's okay. I, I don't want to pretend like, well, you, you need to be going 110 miles an hour all the time. But, but there have been plenty of times in my life, I think, where God has said, Ron, make that phone call. And I've found something else to do. Where God has said, Ron, you know what, support that person, and I found something else to give my money to or to spend on myself more often. And, and I just wonder how often I've done that. And, and, and the fact is God is God, so he's going to get his work done. And so one of the questions is really how much have I missed out on? How much have I missed out? How many times has God had an adventure in mind for me? How many times has God wanted me to, to be in the game? And I said, God, I'd rather just stay safe. 
I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to build a relationship with that person. I don't want to be a, t- a, t- a tutor in kids' hope. I don't want to, uh, you know, do any of this stuff because it's just, it's safer on the bench, and I just, I, I want to have control over my own life. And I wonder how much I've missed out on. Now, again, I, I, I don't want us all to beat ourselves up and say, you know what? I'm sure there are some, but God's work is going to get done. God is God, and he can handle all of that. But I want to say, you know what? God, more and more, I want to be available. God, more and more, I want to be ready to get in the game. Moses doesn't, God doesn't let Moses off the hook. If you know the story, God just says, I don't care. And, but he gives Moses two things. And as we think about this, and, and, and again, we're going to talk you know, at the end about pledges and so on. This is more than that. This is, the whole thing is about renewal and about maximum impact and so on. And, and so on. And, and, but as we, as we feel God tap us on the shoulder, he gives Moses two things. He gives us two things. Both are really important. The first one is he gives Moses a partner. He gives Moses a partner, and I think that's essential for us to understand because God doesn't call us to do ministry alone. God doesn't call us to go into these places alone. I, I love this. I, it's something about this that I had never noticed until just this past week. 4.14, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. That I've always noticed. And he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. And then these words, he is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. I've noticed those words before, but they really didn't hit me. And, and, and here's what I think they're important for. I've always kind of heard this as saying, Moses says, God, I can't speak well. I can't speak well. And God says, fine, I'll send, I'll send Aaron, okay? I'll, I'll give you Aaron, and Aaron can, can, can speak for you. But it was Moses complained, and then God sent Aaron. But Aaron's already on his way. I think part of God's frustration is, did you think I don't know you? Did you think I don't know what you can do? Again, Tom was smart enough to not put me in. Or, you know, I mean, right? God knows our weaknesses, and he brings others alongside of us, and they're already on the way. Aaron is already on the way, okay? God, you say, I can't do this. It's okay. God will have somebody else in the right spot at the right time. You do your part. He doesn't call us. He gives us partners, and I love that picture. And, and, and part of what that means for me, again, in this campaign, is again, God's going to take care of us. Whatever we do, we do. But... We, part of the reason I'd love to have 100% participation is not because I want all of your money. Uh, it's because I want you to be able to say, this is what we do together. If it's five bucks a month for the next three years, fantastic. But it's yours, and it's giving to God. And he's saying, God, I'm, I'm putting myself out here with this, and I want to be a part of this. And, and whatever we do, I'm whatever it might be, I'm, I'm my little part of it. So God gives Moses a partner. God calls us to serve together, and then he gives him a promise. And, and this is the central promise of Scripture and, and the central promise God makes to his people. And, and it actually happened first, back to chapter 3, verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. I'll be with you, okay? Okay? And, and, and that's the promise God makes to us. So the question, what will we do when God taps us on the shoulder? What, what will you do? I want to be better. I, uh, I, I played basketball the next year as well. I was on the team as a senior, and I actually had to sit on the bench near coach because I got into games. It didn't matter, but he remembers this one really well. So do I. There was one game where, again, he got frustrated. It very rarely happened. Um, but he got frustrated again. The starters, and I was not one of them, the starters were not giving 110%. They were not playing very hard. So he made a decision about midway through the fourth quarter that those of us on the second string, it was our game. 
It was our game, and you knew he was not going to, so he was coaching us up. And, and we had a lead, um, but it shrunk, <laughs> and it shrunk, and it shrunk, and by the end of the game, we were tied. And I remember that before going into overtime, we're gathered there, and the stands are close by, and, and as, you know, coach is talking to us, and, and again, he's not talking to any of the starters, he's talking to us, this is your game, what are you guys going to do? And, and uh, I can hear parents going, hey, they've learned their lesson. They've learned their lesson. Put them back in. I'll bet they'll play harder now. I mean, literally, I can hear. And I'm going, yeah, what they said. <laughs> and he didn't listen. And, and we won. And I actually scored a basket in overtime. And it was so much fun to be in the game. And it would have been okay even if we lost. But friends, I know it's scary to get off the bench. It's a lot safer there. But God wants adventures for each one of us. He wants us to be in the game. A picture is worth a thousand words. We're going to show you a video right now. It's about 12 minutes long, but we hope it really is challenging. And then um, when that's done, Gary Rignaldo, Gary and Pat have been the co-chairs of this campaign and have done a fantastic job. Gary's going to say just a few words. So, um, yeah, here's, here's really kind of what this is all about. <laughs> 